Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Tuesday, September 6, 2022, and today will be better than yesterday. I'm Buster Only working from my home in Montana. Taylor Schwenk is working from the Schwenk Studios in the foothills of Connecticut. And Sarah Abbott is not here, Taylor, and I'm a little upset about that because I know that Sarah is the world's biggest Harry Styles fan, and I needed to hear her input on the question of whether or not he actually spit on actor Chris Pine. What do you think? Ah, I've watched the video a million times. I cannot tell. I'm also eager for her take. Normally, Sarah and I connect early on in the morning. We have not talked today. So I I guess both of us and the listeners are just going to have to wait until the next show to, to get her take on all this. We don't even really well, know what's going on, so maybe she's got some... What was your opinion? I say no. I say he did not spit what? on Chris Pine. What are you kidding? I'm like, like I'm squinting. I mean, the reaction from both of them, do you think that was some sort of a setup? But Chris Pine clearly was like, what are you doing? Maybe. And I don't know if it was uh, staged or what the deal was, but something happened. Yeah, something happened, but I didn't see the projectile, you know? Like you really, if you saw it, I mean, I guess you were squinting pretty hard, but I I don't know about that. Something definitely happened. I have questions about whether it was staged like you, but I don't know that actual saliva from Harry Styles made it onto Chris Pine. That's my, you know, now that I think about it, Sarah would have been useless in that conversation because she know which side uh, she, she's going to wind up uh, favoring, right? (laughs) Of course. You know, Harry Styles do something wrong. Not a chance. He would never. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, that's the vote that's going to take place the next time we have Sarah on the podcast. The vote that's going to happen in the fall is uh, about whether or not Shohei Otani is the American League MVP, despite all the heroics from Aaron Judge this year. And Otani seems to be wanting to make this vote really difficult. This is part of what he did on Monday night. First pitch on Shohei, swings at that one and lifts a high fly ball that's carrying deep out into left center. It's out of here! Two-homer night for Shohei. That home run for Otani is number 32 of the season, and it's showtime with an exclamation point tonight. That was Terry Smith, Angels Radio AM 830. Wow, Shohei Otani now, 32 home runs in the season. That's second best in the American League. He's got 85 RBI. He's going to drive in 100 runs. Uh, OPS of 151, and or adjusted OPS of 151. His uh, pitching side this season, 11-8 and eight with a 2.58 ERA. Those are crazy numbers. But on the flip side of this conversation, Aaron Judge is doing the impossible, it seems like. Score was tied 2-all, 6-inning, Yankee Stadium. This happened. Swing and a drive, deep left field. Judge sends it way out of here into the second deck. Home run number 54, and the Yankees jump in front, 4-2. to two. And they were on their way at that point to a 5-2 to victory. Aaron Judge, 54th home run. He's been putting up crazy numbers. The Yankees have seen their lead uh, shrink dramatically in the American League East race. So we're going to be talking with Tim Kirchin about all that coming up. The Yankees did get bad news in recent days. It appears that the regular season, at least, for outfielder Andrew Benintendi is over. Uh, he broke his uh, right wrist, a hamate bone hook, needed to be corrected through season-ending surgery. We will see uh, whether or not he might be able to return sometime in the postseason in some role. He was hurt taking a swing on Friday night and put on the injured list on the next, the very next day. A big day for the Toronto Blue Jays, Taylor, in Baltimore, uh, where they faced the Orioles in a doubleheader. Bo Bichette had himself a day. Bo's got a two-homer night. He swings and he charges one. Straight away center field, going back to the bullpen, and it is gone! A three-homer game for Bo Bichette! He's homered to all three fields. Yeah, in the doubleheader, Bo Bichette was 6-for-10 with those three home runs in Game 2. That sound from Sportsnet 590, the fan. And, Taylor, if you look at the American League standings today, a little separation between the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Orioles are trying to run them down for the wild card race. Yeah, it was moving day yesterday. Pretty disappointing. Uh, but, you know, it, 
highlights the deficiencies of this Orioles team. You know, they just don't have enough pitching. They've done a great job, you know, pulling guys off the scrap peep and, you know, molding them into effective pitchers. But it just wasn't enough against a, a truly solid Blue Jays team, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. And I still have questions about why they traded a reliever and didn't add help at the mm-hmm. deadline mm-hmm. when they had a chance. Uh, but uh, we'll see if they can turn this around moving forward. On Sunday in St. Louis, Cardinals-Cubs, and this happened. The one-strike pitch, a swing, a long one, left center field, it's a goner for Pujols, 6-95, Cardinals in the eighth, unbelievable. John Rooney with that call on the Cardinals radio network, Albert Pujols now within one home run of catching Alex Rodriguez on the all-time home run list. Here was Albert talking after the game. It's pretty special, obviously, but uh, I think uh, what's a special that we come up with a win. And, you know, Miles today did an unbelievable job to keep us in the game, to stay in there and finish strong. And uh, I think I shared this early outside um, with Jim. I think uh, the <laughs> Rick Horton would say something. I, I think as I was walking, as I was on the cage, hitting, he'd say something. It'd be amazing, you know, if he ever comes up and he, he's ass home run against the Cubs or something <laughs> like that. And it happened, you know, that's why if you look, I was uh, smiling, you know, all the way when I hit first base all the way until the home play, because it was like that, that was the last thing that was playing in my mind, you know, and I just couldn't couldn't believe it happened. But uh, I just thank God for the opportunity and to be able to do it like this in front of our fans, you know, it's uh, pretty special. Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live and they were supposed to have live events in Pittsburgh yesterday but the Pirates and the Mets got rained out they'll play a doubleheader to make that up Mets ace Max Scherzer says he's fine to make his next start he came out after 67 pitches Saturday because of fatigue in his left side early in the year uh, he missed seven weeks because of a left oblique injury so this is a big concern for the Mets going forward we're going to be talking about all that with Tim. And one more note, last night, Jeff Passan broke the news that the Boston Red Sox reached a one-year, $10 million extension with Enrique Hernandez. I think that can end all the speculation within the industry, and there is a lot about whether or not Alex Cora is coming back as manager. I don't see Kike coming back unless he assumed that Cora is returning as well. Taylor, what else you got? Buster, one thing to note, the College Game Day podcast is in full swing. We have week one in the books. Pete Thamel, Reese Davis, and friends, they recap that on Monday's show. Wednesday's show is with David Pollock, as well as Reese and Pete. Uh, They're going to flip it forward and uh, see what Pollock has seen on the tape from week one. And then Friday's show with Bill Connolly, the guys are going to be making their picks race for the ribeye. They are uh, wagering on a steak dinner throughout the season, so you'll get an update on their week one results and what they're thinking for week two. That is the College Game Day podcast. You can listen to that wherever you're listening to this podcast right now and watch it on ESPN's College Football YouTube channel. Dogs are an important part of our lives and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one and done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus chews. They're the one and done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Buster. Just go to Indeed.com slash Buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seam heads rejoice. This is Timmy time. Baseball is the greatest game. With Tim Kirkshen. It never disappoints you. On Baseball Tonight. Tim Kirkshen covers baseball for ESPN. And Tim, before we get to all the baseball, first off, how are you doing this week? I'm, I'm good, Buster. I did a game last night in Houston. Didn't get much sleep. I got more sleep than you did as normal, but uh, all's good. Well, and I'm going to ask you about that in just a second. But first, I want you to weigh in on the whole Harry Styles, Chris Pine thing. Which way do you fall in terms of uh, what happened on that? Well, you're going to have to explain who each one of those guys is. Please. Sarah, you want to jump in here? Oh, do I? I can explain all of this. Well, Harry Styles is is someone who's relatively well known in the music industry. Yes, Sarah? Yes. And he is now making his way into acting. Okay. And Chris Pine is a, a an actor. And there's a question. Go ahead, Sarah. You can you can uh, you can present the question to him. So there's been major drama throughout this whole movie premiere cycle for their movie Don't Worry, Darling. And at the premiere there is a question if whether or not Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. What do you think, Tim? Buster, you told me you were going to throw a curveball at the beginning. You've thrown more curveballs than Lance McCullers Jr. Why would you ask me this? Last night on the on the broadcast, I was telling him about, you know, the closer – for the twins named Duran and the third baseman for the Rangers named Duran. We almost had a Duran Duran matchup and Roxy Bernstein like took off with all this musical reference. I didn't even understand what he was talking about. And now you throw this at me. Why, why would you, you just want to make me look stupid about, about pop culture, which I have confirmed one thousand times i just found out who bad bunny was at the little league world series i got killed for that now i'm gonna get for this all right so promise me with that when our podcast taping is over that you go and dig into the question of whether or not harry styles spit on chris pine on purpose what do you think all right well now i have to go watch it i mean the last time you did this to me will smith got slugged by whatever happened and i and i was talking to the real will smith in the braves clubhouse that's how clueless i was that morning this is so bad when you ambush me i look even worse than normal <laughs> and for the record it was will smith who slugged right. chris rock right sorry i i can't even get it straight and those are two huge guys in the industry sorry I'll give you a more obscure question that i know you i know you're going to know the answer to this is a bleacher tweet from doug steiner who asked Watching Blue Jays and Orioles, can Tim explain Earl Weaver's connection to tomatoes? Yeah, Earl Weaver uh, was really good at growing things, okay? And Pat Santarone, who was the head groundskeeper at Memorial Stadium a million years ago, great guy, Pat Santarone, he used to grow tomatoes also. So they had a competition between Pat Santarone and Earl Weaver, who could grow the best tomatoes. So Earl told me a few stories about that, that he was always better than Santarone, even though Santarone said he was better than Earl. But to me, at least this is my understanding, that was the genesis of it, a competition between the groundskeeper and the third greatest manager of all time. So did you ever wade through the, through the tomatoes out there? 
I saw the tomatoes. And again, the tomatoes were a little bit before me, Buster. That was mid-70s, early 70s. I got there briefly late 70s, early 80s. But yes, I saw Earl's tomatoes and they were really good. And I saw Santa Rone's tomatoes. They were really good too. I would say Santa Rone was better than Earl at tomatoes, but not by much. <laughs> you did see also the Astros on Monday and I, I, I feel like because we talk so much about the Yankees, we talk about the National League East race, we don't give the Astros enough credit. Uh, you saw them on Monday. Uh, how well prepared for this do you think this team is for October? They're really good, Buster. They went into last night with a 298 ERA, which is basically by far the best in the American League. And then they threw their 13th shutout. Last night, they went into last night with a 213 batting average against and then allowed four base runners against the Rangers. They they were their pitching is great. Their bullpen was tremendous. Brian Abreu came in last night and was throwing 100 with a slider from hell. It was ridiculous how good their pen was last night. But the, the big thing was, was that Hunter Brown started that game. He pitched six scoreless innings. He breezed through the first three innings, allowed one base runner who got wiped out on a, on a caught stealing. He throws upper 90s with a great curveball with a really good slider at 94 95 with a slider it was ridiculous so <laughs> last night james click told us the story about i asked him what's the first time you saw hunter brown and he said well he was with our we had drafted him he came in and he was showing some of our people what he's got and one of the pitching coaches said all right you got anything else? And Hunter said, yeah, I got this curveball, but my high school coach wouldn't let me throw it because the catcher couldn't catch it. And so the pitching coach said, well, let's take a look at it. So he threw this ridiculously heartbreaking power curveball, and it was so good. The pitching coach said, throw another one of those. And he kept throwing them. So now he's added this curveball to the repertoire. And the point here, Buster, is let's say this kid is as good as he was last night. Suddenly, he's in play to pitch in the postseason for the Astros. And assuming Justin Verlander comes back, and he told me yesterday, he said, I certainly hope I'll be back. So I, I took that as a yes. They're going to take two really good starting pitchers and put them in the bullpen. That's how deep their rotation is. And now they added Hunter Brown, who, again, if he keeps throwing like this, he has to be on the playoff roster. That stuff, that stuff plays anywhere. That stuff plays in the playoffs. So the rich get richer, elite defensive team, best pitching in the, in the American League. And even though they're not a great offensive team, they're a good offensive team. You and I have seen enough baseball to know that being the favorite guarantees nothing. But as we sit here today with four weeks to go in the regular season, I don't think there's any question when we get into the American League playoffs, the Astros are going to be the favorite, yes? They're going to be the heavy favorites when they go in. And that's yep. nothing against the other teams. The Astros are that good. As you know, Buster, they got to 80 victories in fewer games than any Astros team in franchise history. And they've had some pretty good teams there. I think this team is built really well. I'm not sure about what they're doing in left field without Michael Brantley for the season. We're not sure what they're doing in center field, but their offense from their infield is so good. Jose Altuve is really running well, by the way. 14 steals this year, wow. 13 steals the last three years combined. And I watched him run first to third last night. That's as well as I've seen him run in a while. The point is, I think they're loaded, but they're mostly loaded with pitching to the point where, you know, maybe Christian Javier, who had a 13 and a 14 strikeout game back to back this year, is going to pitch out of the bullpen in the postseason because he can do that. Maybe Luis Garcia is going to pitch out of the bullpen in the postseason. That's how good their rotation is right now, assuming, of course, Verlander comes back and is healthy. I was on SportsCenter yesterday, and before we started, the producer asked me the question about, hey, what do you want to talk about with the Mets and Braves? And I want to see if you agree with me on this. Uh, you know, we're seeing what the what's happening with the Yankees. It, it, and I, I think you would agree with me that if the Yankees lose the American League East race, it'll be the greatest collapse in baseball history, correct? Uh, I would say... 
I got to think about 51 and 78, but yeah. yeah 50, I, I, and, and I'm basing that off the numbers. 15 and a half game lead has never yeah. been blown before. Right. Yes. It, it, that's absolutely true. And if the Yankees uh, lose the division, that'll be the narrative. The greatest collapse ever. I think the whole Mets Braves thing is so completely different. I don't think this is the case of the Mets blowing it, Tim. In fact, I looked it up. You know, since June 1, which is really the demarcation period for the Braves when they took off, the Mets have been playing at a 100-win pace, and yet the Braves have just about caught them. That's why I don't think you can say that the Mets blew this thing if they don't win the division. Absolutely not. The Mets have played exceptionally well all yes. season, and especially lately. The Braves are just on. I saw what you tweeted out about what they've been like or whatever since June the 1st. It's absurd how good they have been. And they're better than they were at this time last year. Spencer Strider has added another element to them. And, of course, so is Michael Harris II in center field. Uh, I really, really like the Braves right now. And I've said this for weeks now, and so have you. That National League playoff is going to be a free-for-all of of the highest order with three elite teams. And I'm not even putting the Cardinals in there yet because, and they've been great since August 1st. A lot of really good stuff going on in the national league, but the Mets have not given this away. They've just been caught by a red hot team. Yeah. And I'll give you a reason in a moment why the Cardinals might be even more dangerous than we thought. Uh, But first I want to mention Max Scherzer came out after 67 pitches on Saturday because of fatigue in his left side. He missed seven weeks early in the year with an oblique injury. He told reporters, you know, Max's personality. I'm fine. I'm fine. He's going to make his next start. Tim, there's no way around this. This is going to be an issue the rest of the year. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Remember in the last few years for a variety of reasons, he's been too fatigued to make a start or finish an inning or something. It's very unlike Max Scherzer to be that way, but he's such a max effort guy And he's so violent in everything he does on the mound that I always worry, is he going to get hurt again? And I, that's not to say he's not going to post up in the postseason because he is, but yes, of course you have to worry about somebody who goes at it as hard as he does, just like a center fielder who can't stay away from running into the fence. Max Scherzer can't stay away from throwing as hard as he can seemingly on every pitch. And that's going to lead to some injuries. So yes, even though he says he's fine, is he going to be fine the next time? And more important, is he going to be fine on November 3rd? Cause that's when they're going to need him. If they're going to need to win the world series. All right. Uh, tell me this year, uh, what award you're going to vote for for the baseball writer association, or are you going to vote for any this year? Yeah, I was assigned the national league Cy Young award. And I'm okay. not going to not going to discuss it because I'm not supposed to discuss it openly. I have some solid thoughts on that, but even it is changing just a little bit. It was I thought kind of a runaway a couple of weeks, three weeks ago, but maybe not so much a runaway now. But in your heart of hearts, I'm guessing there's some relief for you that you're not going to be voting for the American League MVP because it feels like Shohei Otani is doing everything he can to complicate it. Uh, we know Aaron Judge has been going crazy. You know, he hits his 54th home run yesterday, batting 342 since the All-Star break, carrying the Yankee team. And at the same time, Shohei Otani seems to be getting hotter and even better than he was last year. I tweeted this out this morning that since August 4th, Otani's batting 327 with 10 homers in 29 games, an OPS of about 1,100. And Tim, in his last five starts, he is a 174 ERA. Uh, I know you you know, told me and you've been telling me all year Aaron Judge is the MVP, but especially if the Yankees blow the division, how do you assess that race? <laughs> well, you used a wor- good word there, complicated, because that's what Shohei Otani does every day. He complicates the entire equation because we've never seen anyone like him. I'm going to say it again. Anyone who votes for Shohei Otani for MVP, I'm good with it. There is zero chance you can argue with that. But if I had a ballot in my hand, and I wouldn't say I'm relieved that I don't, I would vote for Aaron Judge because... I think as an everyday player, he's had the best season. I don't think the the Yankees would be in. I don't think they'd be in the playoffs without him. He has been so good. Um, so that's why I would vote for him. I'm still an old school guy, Buster. 
Great player takes his team to the playoffs. Sorry, you're getting extra credit points for me on that. That's not to, you know, to downgrade anyone who's on a bad team. It's not Shohei Otani's fault that they're on. The Angels aren't very good. But I'm going to give extra credit points that Aaron Judge is doing this for a team that is in first place, and he is the biggest reason that they are. And we talked about the Yankee narrative. If they don't win the American League East, uh, if they uh, do win it, Tim, I I think part of the narrative around the Yankees could be that Aaron Judge may have single-handedly held them up, propped them up through this race. Because how he's performing, especially in recent weeks, while the rest of the team is sliding, I mentioned some of his numbers. Uh, He's played now in 42 games since the All-Star break and has 21 homers, okay? 42 games for Judge, 21 homers. He has an OPS of about 1,300 in those games. A couple days ago, I texted Aaron Boone. I said, boy, how how about the way Judge is performing during this slide for you guys? And he sent back one word, incredible. And then I sent him back another one yesterday after home run number 54, and Booney texted back, amazing. That has to be part of this conversation too, yes? Yes, Buster, what's the note? He scored every run in a series for the Yankees over the weekend. The last guy to do that was Babe Ruth in 1929, okay? And I'm telling you, the voters remember the last thing that they see. Remember Chipper Jones in 1999, how he went absolutely ballistic down the stretch, took the Mets apart by himself. He deserved the MVP anyway, but he won it because of what he did the last month of the season. We remember the last thing that we saw, and people are looking at Judge saying, the the, the Yankees are a one-man team right now. They can't score any runs unless he drives them in or scores them, and that's why I think he's going to get extra credit points because we're going to look and say, they were this close to losing that lead, but Aaron Judge said, no, we're going to win this division. If they win the division, I think he's going to win the MVP. Uh, I mentioned a good indication for the St. Louis Cardinals. Last night, Jack Flaherty, uh, in a loss to the Washington Nationals, allowed one run in five innings, six strikeouts, one walk, And this was the important number for me, Tim, his velocity at 96, 97 miles per hour. What do you make of that? Well, it's very encouraging for the Cardinals, who become an even better team if that's the Jack Flaherty we're going to see in October. And if he continues to pitch even better, and instead of going five, he goes six, seven, eight, even nine. Buster, we can't forget, you did a bunch of his games when he was at his very best. That guy is amazing. As Adam Wainwright told me once, he said, if you want to build a picture of what a baseball player should look like, it would look like Jack Flaherty. I mean, his athletic ability is off the charts as far as, you know, dunking a basketball and doing whatever it takes to be a ball player and an athlete. He's got all of that. Imagine adding him to a Cardinal team that catches it as well as it does, has MVP candidates at first and third base, has found a way to score some runs, and has other pretty darn good pitching on their team. Jack Flaherty would be like adding – it's not Jacob DeGrom, but like adding Jacob DeGrom to the to the stretch run if he can be healthy and, and ramp up those innings. Yeah, as you know, uh, he, he was part of that trio of major leaguers who played on the same high school team, Lucas Giolito, Max Freed, Jack Flaherty. And what Ethan Katz told me, who was his pitching coach, Danny, now he's the pitching coach of the White Sox, was that when Jack was in high school, he was a third baseman, and they had to convince him to be a pitcher. Because he right. just loved playing third base so much, and I'm not totally convinced that if he had just remained at third base, he couldn't have made the big leagues in that way, and that, uh, that's because of the great athlete that he is. Right, um, and Freed told me, by the way, that when Flaherty was a sophomore, he said, he's the greatest high school pitcher I've ever seen. That's what Max Freed said about Jack Flaherty when he was a sophomore in high school. All right, so here's the easiest question of the day, besides the Harry Styles question, okay? <laughs> Who's going to win the American League Central? Uh, that's, that's impossible. I do the playoff look every single day in my little notebook here, where we are. Um, I'm going to (laughs) say, I'm going to say the guardians are going to win the central. I have no good reason why other than I love their starting pitching. I love Bieber. I love Tristan McKenzie. Um, I think if they could get a couple pitchers healthy, 
I think they can pitch their way in. Um, not, that doesn't mean the Twins can't win, and it also doesn't mean the White Sox can't win. You made me choose somebody, so I'm going to pick the Guardians, but I don't have a good reason because that's how close this race is going to go. Three teams to the final week for sure. Okay, I'm going to pick the White Sox because I want to salvage the preseason pick that I turned in that <laughs> I would have abandoned 50 times because they were so disappointing. And yet, because there really aren't any great teams in the division, the White Sox are kind of hanging in there. And, oh, by the way, they got the potential American League Cy Young Award winner, Dylan Cease. Lance Lynn looked pretty dang good yesterday. They got a lot of Johnny Cueto's pitched well. They got a lot of talent on that team, which is why everyone's been scratching their head about their performance so far this year. Right. Lance Lynn's last four starts, he's got an ERA just over one. Johnny Cueto has been ridiculously good for a guy who was supposed to be at the back end of the bullpen. And Dylan Cease almost pitched a no-hitter the other day. So I'm with you that the White Sox, of course, can win the division. So can the Twins. I had to pick somebody, so I picked the Guardians. Tomorrow I'll change my mind because that's how much that division changes day to day. All right, Tim. Uh, thanks for doing this. And yeah, just text me your thanks whenever you see that uh, Harry Styles video, okay? Oh, I can't. I can't wait. I won't know which one is Harry Styles and which one is Chris Pine. <laughs> I won't even know who's who until I see the spit or whatever it's called. <laughs> thanks, Tim. All right. See you. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes. The clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, 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 with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's Code Baseball. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. This is the Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs, a reporter and a producer for MLB.com. Sarah, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, Foster. How are you? I'm doing great. So professionally, your job is to watch games, watch video replay, assess, uh, make statistical evaluations, make professional evaluations, which is why you are a perfect person to evaluate the question on based upon instant replay, whether or not Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. Was it on purpose? Why would Harry Styles do that? What do you make of Chris Pine's reaction to that? Uh, it, it is the moment that everybody in the world is talking about today. So based on the video, it does seem like he did. The way he looks down, Chris Pine looks down. I have no idea why he would do that if he hadn't just been spit on, sneezed on, something like that. I have no idea the backstory. I do know who both of them are. I'm proud of myself for that. But I'm just going to own up to it and say that I had to watch the video right before we recorded. Because while everyone on Twitter was talking about this last night, I was watching Dodgers Giants, Angels Tigers, uh, Carlos Alcaraz, and Marin Chilich in a five-set match that ended around 2.30 in the morning. So I saw the tweets going through the timeline, and I was like, I'll figure it out at another point. But having watched the video, you know, it reminds me of when guys either pretend to get hit by a pitch or they actually do. <laughs> and, I mean, I don't know enough about these two guys to think that Chris Pine would be pretending. Yeah. 
I, I, it is, as you say, I mean, something that everybody's talking about in social media. I uh, rendered my strong opinion before uh, it. Uh, I'm sure we'll get resolution when Sarah Abbott, the biggest Harry Styles fan in the world, rejoins the podcast on Wednesday. All right, let's play the numbers game. Number three. Number three is three. So in the second game of the doubleheader in Baltimore yesterday, Bo Pichette hit three home runs, and he's been on fire in the month of September. He has about 14 RBI in that span. He's been really, really good. But the really fun part here is that Vlad Jr. had a three-homer game back in April at Yankee Stadium. So they're just the fourth pair of teammates, each under the age of 25, to have a three-homer game in the same season. The others were Larry Parrish and Gary Carter for the 1977 Expos, Tommy Brown and Duke Snyder for the 1950 Dodgers, and Lou Gehrig and Tony Lazari for the 1927 Yankees. And now you Vlad and Bo on that list. I love it. Number two. Number two is 54. So... We have to talk about Aaron Judge. As long as he keeps hitting home runs, we will absolutely still be talking about him. So he hit number 54 on Monday. That is tied for the third most home runs by any player through his team's first 135 games. Barry Bonds had 57 in 2001. Sammy Sosa also had 57-99, and then McGuire, 54-98, and Babe Ruth, 54-1921. Right now, Judge is on pace for 65 home runs. Jeez. Number one. Number one is 41 and a third. So that is Zach Gallon's scoreless streak going on right now. And, I mean, I love the Diamondbacks right now. They've been so much fun to watch with Corbin Carroll, Gallon pitching really well, Dalton Burchill playing great defense. They have a lot going on. But let's talk about Gallon. So that is the eighth longest single-season scoreless inning streak in the live ball era which goes back to 1920. Of course, prior to that, there was a lot less scoring. so a little bit easier to compile a streak. But the overall record, uh, live ball or prior, is that 59-inning streak by Oral Hershiser in 1988. So we'll see if Zach Allen manages to uh, threaten that. So, Sarah, I got two follow-ups for you. First, and we talked to Tim Kirchner about this, uh, Shohei Otani seems to be making this really difficult for MVP voters with how he's uh, going crazy down the stretch here. Yes, in meaningless games. Uh, what's your view at the moment of the Judge Otani MVP conversation? I still think that it will end up Judge. And I still think I'm really glad I don't have to make an actual yes. decision this year because Shohei Otani, we should never get tired of. There should never be a year where he's doing this, where it isn't a difficult discussion in my mind, because this is incredible. And just because he did it last year doesn't make this year any less impressive. He's a better pitcher this year, which is really something that we have to credit him for. I still think if Aaron Judge sets an American League record, hits 65 home runs, that if when we look back at it, you know, in history in 10 years and he didn't win MVP, that that might stand out as sort of an oddity. But, I mean, it is a difficult, difficult decision. I do not know how you choose, but it's amazing because for a while, I think Judge kind of had it locked up and then now Otani has been playing, I mean, out of his mind lately, as you said. Out of his mind. Yeah, he, he's going absolutely crazy on both sides of the ball. <laughs> I'm like, I'm with you. I'm like, thank goodness I don't have a vote. And try to square that with the way the voting went down last year when everybody was like, oh, Otani, even though he played on a team that was out of it, he puts up so much value that, uh, yeah, he's the guy. Um, and this year he continues to just seemingly get better and better. And last one for you. Uh, as you know, New York Talk Radio has been going crazy of late because you're seeing the two New York teams see their first place leads uh, shrivel 
uh, dramatically. But to me, it's a very different conversation for the two New York teams. To me, if the Yankees wind up not winning the American League East, we can rightfully say they completely blew it. And if the Mets don't wind up winning the National League East, I would say the Braves took it from them because I was looking at it yesterday, Sarah, before I went on SportsCenter. The Mets are playing at a 100-win pace since June 1st, and yet the Braves have run them down. Is that fair? Is that a fair assessment in your mind? A hundred percent. Even as you were setting up the question, I was going to say this feels like the Yankees lost it versus the Braves won it, if those were to happen. And that's no disrespect to the Rays, but they haven't been as overwhelmingly good as the Braves have been. I mean, we had that crazy streak between the All-Star break and a couple of days ago where the Mets and Braves didn't lose on the same day for like, I think it was 14 straight times. I mean, if you look at the Braves, since Michael Harris II debuted on May 28th, they are, I believe, the second best team in baseball behind the Dodgers. I mean, they have been really good. They've called up the right guys with him and Vaughn Grissom. They have two Rookie of the Year candidates in Harrison Spencer Schrider. I mean, they are a juggernaut. And again, no disrespect to the Rays, but... The reason the Yankees' lead has narrowed is much more about them losing games. As you said, the Mets are still playing at a great pace. They're just losing ground because if they lose one game, the Braves win that day. Yeah, well, I feel a lot better about the assessment that I gave then about this race because I, I, I think it's apples and oranges when we talk about the New York teams yeah. losing leads in, the, uh, in their respective divisions. All right, Sarah, great to talk with you. Thanks so much for having me. On Monday, Marley Rivera spoke with Carlos Correa of the Minnesota Twins. Give a listen. Carlos, you have excellent numbers at Yankee Stadium. This is a very important series for you guys because of the position that you're in in the central. Can you tell me what's going to be the approach against Jameson Tyone today? I just try to get him in the zone. Um, you know, he's a pitcher that obviously he's got really good stuff. Uh, he wants you to chase some of his stuff in and out. And uh, you just got to try to do a good job of keeping him in, in the middle of the plate and, and putting good swings on those pitches. Um, you know, they, they got pretty good staff over there, but controlling the zone is the most important. When you look at what's happening with the Yankees on the other side, how much can you guys pay attention to that? They're obviously in a free fall, have had a terrible August. You guys have to worry about your own division. But then how much do, do you really go, you know what, they're struggling. Maybe we can take advantage of this. Uh, it's just part of baseball. I feel like every team struggles at some point during the season. It's just, it just happens to be the New York Yankees, so he gets a lot of more media attention. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it's they're in first place by, what, five games, um, you know. I wish we were in first place at five games, you know what I mean? So um, they're in a good spot. Um, they got a great team over there. Um, we just, just got to go out there and play our game, play our game and try to win win a series against a great team like the Yankees. Now when we look at, let's talk exactly about the Central. I mean, basically two games, five games are separating these three teams between you guys, the Cleveland Guardians, and of course the Chicago White Sox. What is it going to take, Carlos? I mean, you guys, they brought you here for this. Yeah, it's going to take us... Uh, Playing consistent baseball for, mm. for the remainder of, remainder of the season. Um, we we got a lot of games in division now, so those are the games that matter. Um, like I told the guys when we were struggling at some point, you know, if you, if you lose games um, outside of your division, that's fine. But when you play in division, those are the games that, that you want to win. You gain a lot of ground on those. Um, so we got a lot of games left against the Indian, the Guardians, and we got a lot of games left uh, against the White Sox. So we just got to take care of business during those those games. When you look at precisely, you know, just directly, just because you mentioned them, the Guardians and the White Sox, it's been so inconsistent, particularly your offense and. Then you know, obviously, you have some guys that are contributing now, but but it's basically down to you and Arise. How much of pressure can that be at times? Uh, no pressure. It's just it's just it's just the job at hand. You know, we we just gotta go out there, <clears throat> try to get on base for the guys behind us. And obviously, we've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, you know, our lineup is not the same as it was in spring training. You know, you got Boxon, out, Polanco, out, Larnack, Kirilov, um, Sano. Um, you got so many guys that, that are not in the lineup right now that they're huge contributors. But the guys coming up from AAA, they've done a great job of keeping us in, in you know, mm-hmm. where we are right now, tied for first place. And uh, they've been doing a great job preparing and, and, and just going out there and helping us win games. So um, it's very positive to, to think about the depth of this organization for years to come. 
When you look at inside this clubhouse, and, and like I mentioned before, you were brought here to win. You bring postseason experience. I mean, there's guys here, but the kind of postseason experience that you bring, no one has. What is the speech at this time of the year? What are the talks like? What do you have to tell these guys so they believe you can do this? Just give me everything you got. Give me everything mm -hmm. you got for 30 some games. But that isn't we that what left. you always do, though? Nah, like, I mean, it's, that, it's, that, that it's, sounds it's, like a very cliche speech. Like, it what is do you cliche, say? But when, when you when you think about 30 games left and you think about last month of the season, um, okay. when or just go home early um, it's there's there's a different meaning to those words and uh You know, we're just going out there doing everything we can to win games, laying our bodies out every single play, um, focusing pitch by pitch, our work in the cage, our work during batting practice, just focusing on the little details and try to go out there and, and, and win ball games. When you look at the central, right, and, and how, how do you handle the criticism? You know, because you look at the people in the East going, let me tell you about the ALEs. You keep people in the West, right? Particularly, you were on the West for a long time. Let me tell you about the West and then the central. You know, like people see it as a as a lower, maybe caliber division. What do you say to people who think that way? I think um, it's something that that they got to talk to Manfred about if they want to change divisions. <laughs> um, there's nothing we can control when it comes to that. Um, It's, it's obvious now it's not the best division in baseball obviously you look at the NL West and you look at the AL East and you know mm -hmm. a lot of really good teams out there but at the end of the day you know when you get to October it doesn't matter the record it's, yeah. it's who's playing good baseball and who's hot at the time so um, we're hoping to make this playoff push get to the playoffs and get hot at the right time and finally Carlos and you know I wouldn't be doing my job if I don't ask you of course. the narrative around there is ah this is a rental he's going to be here for one year he's going to be gone he's going to make his money and he's going to be out What do you say to the people who don't believe that you're here for the long term and really don't believe in the Twins winning? I think uh, the relationship here with the Twins has been a very special one. Um, obviously, you know, like you call cliche, um, my focus right now is on winning um, baseball games with this team and, and getting them, getting us to the playoffs and, you know, um, hopefully build a long-term relationship after that. But um, I got a job to do first and that's helping my team get to the playoffs and then after that we can discuss other things. Muchas gracias. Gracias, Bleacher Tweets. Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher Tweets for a Tuesday. And Bleacher Tweets are brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Let's go to DGB up first. She writes in, okay, Buster, what's the biggest ALE surprise? Red Sox in last place, Orioles with a winning record, or the Yankees losing a 15 and a half game lead? And she notes all these scenarios make Taylor happy, which is true. Yeah, it's got to be the Yankees retreating. Mm -hmm. Remember early in the year when we were, you know, folks were asking the question of whether or not they might be the greatest team of all time. Uh, <laughs> and now it's possible, although, you know, the last couple of days they've stabilized a little bit. It is possible that they could have the greatest collapse in the history of Major League Baseball. That would be a surprise. What do you think, Taylor? Oh, yeah, definitely the Yankees. We had a lot of like best team of all time conversations. I would be absolutely delighted if they completely collapsed and you know had the last wild card spot or something i don't think that's going to happen but okay let me ask you this what would make you more happy if the orioles and let's i'm not going to take it because if i were to give you a choice between what would make you more happy and i said the orioles make the playoffs that would be the clear choice what would make you more happy that the orioles finished uh one games out of the playoff race and which would tell you what an amazing season they had or the yankees blowing the lead <laughs> that's tough i think probably the yankees blowing the lead uh the expectations for the orioles were so low that like yeah a sniff of the playoffs is is phenomenal so yeah i would say the yankees full collapse yep now that that tells <laughs> you about uh you know your ptsd about the yankees all right yeah uh pk steinberg's up next he writes and is it negligence or oversight that something else hope in yelich that uh milwaukee has done very little to address its need for hitting in the past two years I don't know. Look, their payroll, they're, they're like the Rays. It's only going to go so far. And the fact is, is that they've done a great job of competing year after year after year, and that is through their pitching, which they focused on. Uh, that's, that's the formula. They feel like that, you know, from year to year, you could add, you know, an Andrew McCutcheon, somebody like that who's going to help your offense. So I, I, I just, you know, to expect the Brewers to significantly add to their offense, I think just is not in line with where their payroll is. 
RL Foxy T Rex writes in lots of Orioles talk, but how about Arizona eight and two in their last 10 with series wins over Philadelphia, Milwaukee and the White Sox young roster that just welcomes Corbin Carroll and will welcome Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Nelson, Ryan Nelson. Yeah. uh, On Monday, what do they need to do this winter to be competitive next year? And they blanked the Phillies last night. Um, So what's it going to be Buster? Yeah. Taylor, have you seen Corbin Carroll run? I have not seen. Oh him my run. God! The video of him—it's just like, wow, that guy is fast. He's an exciting player, and, and it's cool. But you know, it's interesting. The Diamondbacks are beginning to remind me, Taylor, of your Orioles in this regard: is that the mountain that they have to climb to be competitive in the National League West is a lot like the Orioles in the American League East. Time to just punt, Diamondbacks. No, <laughs> it's not. Come on. <laughs> Uh, Detroit at stats take rights in does Verlander entertain going back to Detroit? Not with how they perform this year. Like if they took a big step forward this year and they were at like 85 wins and you could see that they were building something and the Tigers made the best offer. Yeah. But Tigers feel like they're at least two or three years away from being relevant again. Yep. They stink. Zach Beeson at Zach Beeson 22 writes in, is it time to give respect to the AL East champion? The Tampa Bay Rays. Well, uh, that is, I guess that's a hard <laughs> prediction at this point. I got to say the events the last couple of days kind of turned that a little bit. Uh, yeah. Aaron Judge propping up the Yankees. Last one for today. John at John 41649591 writes, and how can you say the Dodgers might not be the best NL team heading into the playoffs when they've been the best all year, even with their injuries? Ridiculous, says John. Yeah, the point is, and we were trying to make it the other day, in terms of navigating through the postseason, we feel like uh, uh, that the, the Dodgers are not in as good a position, potentially, as either the Mets or the Braves because of the strength of the starting pitching. I don't think that's unreasonable, Taylor. Agreed. It's been a question all year. No big deal. Not Don't get your he- feelings hurt, John. Uh, and if you want to <laughs> keep writing in, hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. Thanks for writing in, everyone. That's it for today. My thanks to Tim, Sarah, Addie, Sarah, and Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Send in your uh, opinions on whether or not you think Harry Styles actually spit on Chris Pine (laughs) as you go forward. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Requires Gemini device and additional paid subscriptions to watch Netflix and other third-party apps. Terms and restrictions apply.